Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hi, Tom Bernard here. You're listening to Best of the Family. Enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if i'm hanging out with you uh, maybe <laughs> uh, okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant tommy do you guys read a lot of poetry on the queue you mean like, there once was a man from Nantucket? No, more like T.S. Eliot. April is the cruelest month, breeding lilacs out of the dead land, mixing memory and desire, stirring dull roots with spring rain. At... Dougie, what's wrong? You a little sad? No, other than the weather, nothing's wrong. In fact, in the walls of world, Coon Rapids and Burnsville finish number one and two in the state of Minnesota. J.Lo finally beat Dan Resch. Wow, that's pretty cool. Is it okay if I take all the credit? Well, I'd expect nothing less. Actually, we've got great inventory of some great vehicles, and these short-term leases are perfect for people who can't get the brands that they want. You told me about those. You can drive a new Nissan for as little as 18 months, and by then the chips will be aplenty. That's it exactly. We hope by then you'll be a Walzer Nissan convert. For great deals from the Minnesota sales leaders, go to Burnsville or Coon Rapids Nissan. be the man of the year for Time Magazine this year, because I've seen the list. <laughs> Gilbert Gottfried. Yeah, thank you. That was very exciting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I like that. Yay. 
hot. It, it really made it feel special. Good. I'm glad. <laughs> we try to make so you feel special. That's here. what we're here for. <laughs> Gilbert, my wife Catherine is on, on the on the show. Our daughter Alex and our Hello. son Andy and Tony Lee, who you might remember, worked with us on KQRS. And you were in studio a couple of times when Tony was still on the show. And then the last time I believe you appeared on the show, you were wheeled around in a chair by Mike Gelfan. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. I remember that one. <laughs> now, see, now I remember. Now you remember. <laughs> that was, was that Minneapolis? Minneapolis, that's Minneapolis. exactly Minneapolis. Yes, I do remember it. Because <laughs> that morning I got up and my back had gone out. Yeah. And, and luckily... Luckily, most of the radio stuff was in one building, which was miraculous. Right. And I, I just couldn't move. And so I sat down in one of those office chairs and that had wheels on it, and they were wheeling me from... <laughs> Why go to the doctor when you got wheelie chairs? Yes. They wheeled me from office to office and on and off the elevator. You loved it and were giggling. Yeah. Well, it was hilarious because Gelfan was pushing him around from station to station, and Mike is about the same size that Gilbert is. So it looked like, like two like two brothers, one helping the other one out. It was fabulous. So sweet. You must be awfully light for Gelfan to be able to push you around. <laughs> well, that was somebody's line. That was a very good line, actually, because somebody saw, saw Mike pushing <laughs> pushing Gilbert down the hallway. And one of the guys said, why is he pushing Gilbert in a chair? And I said, Gilbert's back is out. He goes, well, he probably could stand to lose some weight then. I said, did you see him? <laughs> yeah. You were a building back then. Yeah, huh? you, just a, you were a bruiser. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my God! I I will never forget that day as long as I live. You were looking. You you was just funny as hell and in agony the whole time. But it was just it was a great show because you just uh, you showed what a professional you are. Yeah, it it, it was like Betty Davis wheeling Joan Crawford. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Very true. How's your back now? What? Just want to know how your back was now, young man. Oh, oh, much better. Yes. I, I, I'm able to walk from my living room to the bathroom with no help. <laughs> a wonderful thing. I, uh, I, I am actually shocked because you, you heard the opening to the show, and this is a podcast. And it's been uh, now, I think, uh, about four minutes, and you haven't said fuck yet. I'm shocked at that. Okay, fuck. <laughs> oh, there. Fuck you. <laughs> so relieved. Since, since they're there, fuck you and your whole family. Oh. Yes. <laughs> Gloves are off now, buddy. <laughs> Gilbert, honest to God, that's the great part of doing a podcast now is the fact that uh, Gilbert's been coming on the KQ Morning Show in Minneapolis <laughs> for about 25 years, something like that. And not once has he been able to tell me, fuck you and your whole family. It's a relief, I bet, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Finally, to say what I feel. Have you, uh, I mean, the reaction you must get from the aristocrats, and my, one, of my oh. favorite, uh, one of my favorite DVDs, of course, is Gilbert Gottfried, Dirty Jokes. I love that DVD. Oh, thank you. 
Oh, it's just amazing. But you did outshine everybody in the aristocrats. Oh, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, I did. Yes, I'm not going to deny it. <laughs> it was wonderful. I, I, I loved I loved that kind of reviews I got where it was like a rave review because it said, no one is more offensive and disgusting than Gilbert Cotton. <laughs> And I must say, I own a copy of and have read Rubber Balls and Liquor. Oh, yeah, and you could get that on GilbertGottfried.com. You can get all that stuff, can't you, yeah. on GilbertGottfried.com? You can get an autograph one on GilbertGottfried.com. That website features a wonderful line at the very end. The thanks, it says, I'd like to thank Osama bin Laden just for being a dear friend. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's kind of Gilbert Gottfried, you know. Yeah. Gilbert, I follow you on Twitter. Uh, you, That's a great format for you. Yeah, yeah. This is a, a surprise to people if you don't read the news that I have a Twitter account. <laughs> yeah, it's at Real Gilbert. At Real Gilbert. Yeah. It's very, very funny. If you don't follow Gilbert, you should follow Gilbert. Uh, yeah, it, you'll, you'll realize why I lose so much employment. <laughs> I really might. <laughs> and you can basically, uh, my Twitter uh, handle is at Radio Tom Bernard. And basically all I do on, on my Twitter page is tell everybody to go fuck themselves and their whole family. <laughs> well, I wish it stopped stealing material from me. Yes, I should. should I? Such I, charm. I, I wrote that. <laughs> Alex, you were out of the room, actually, when Gilbert said, well, Tom, fuck you, and as long as you're there, your whole family. <laughs> I'm glad I was missing. <laughs> she was for missing that. for that one. Lovely moment. How to win friends and influence people. So, I mean, we're talking television, we're talking movies, we're talking books, we're talking DVDs. You, you've got it all going on. <laughs> yes, yes, I, I, I do. I have it all going on. Yeah. <laughs> sound, I, I want right. to sound as black as possible. <laughs> yes. I, I got it going on. That's very black sounding. I'm in the house. God, what yeah. am I? One of my favorite times having you on the show was many, many years ago. You were sitting there, and we have a woman on the show named Terry. And you you were just uh, talking. We are laughing. We are having a ball. And Terry says, would you do me a favor and do the duck? Oh. Do you remember what your response was to her? Oh, wait. I'm not sure. What did I do? She said, would you do the duck? And he goes... Yes, yes, I will, because it's so much different from my real voice. <laughs> <laughs> it's completely different. Yeah, yeah. New and exciting. Lately, I haven't been asked to do the dog for a, the past two years. Well, not in Japan. Not in Japan, anyway. But, you know. Hey, whatever. Works. How long did you have that gig, anyway? You had it for a long time. Oh, like 11 years, I think. Oh, you were due to be canned. Yes, yes. <laughs> exactly. Because what I, what I always say is it's like they got rid of me, replaced me with an impersonator, paid him less money, thus bringing closure to a horrible tragedy. <laughs> <laughs> see, that's the kind of stuff you'll see at Real Gilbert on Twitter. Uh. <laughs> 
<laughs> that kind of stuff right there. Those gems. He does a, apologize for most of his tweets, though. How many? Uh, <laughs> uh, how many uh, followers do you have on Twitter? Ah, uh, I let me see. I, I think about two hundred and some thousand. And then, how many people do you follow? Uh, you know, I don't know. I am so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there you go no the only reason i ask is yes that you know ari shafir oh oh yes he uh he has forty three thousand followers and follows no one yes oh oh here i'm looking at it in front of me now okay and according to this, I'm following 849 people. But you're not really. I, I guess not. <laughs> I, I don't know 849 people. <laughs> and you're not and, that interested. And I think right now I'm up to followers uh, 212,550. Well, well, we'll have to tweet one another about you being on the Tom Bernard podcast because it, uh, they would love this, especially you telling me to go fuck myself. You know what? Tweet it now. I'll, I'll uh, retweet it. All right. That much I know how to do. <laughs> <laughs> we can do that. Well, can I do it from my account because I don't know how to break into yours? You'll get one from KB the first. Okay, she, that's her. That's her, her. Her email address is KB the first. What do you think of that? So Gilbert? answer, answer me. Yeah, yeah, that, that's very impressive. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Gilbert. I'll put that on my resume. <laughs> oh, and also, also on GilbertGottfried.com, you could hear my video of me reading Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, oh yeah, really? I that can, would uh, be interesting. I can pop uh, that up for a minute. Oh, you, I'd love do, you wanna, uh, do you want to hear great. a little clip of it? I'd love it. to hear it. I have it right here. It's wonderful. Dan Chesky's here from Dan's Southside Marine. It won't be long now until we start seeing boats on the water. Warmer temps and open water are coming soon, Tom. We have inventory in stock now from Alumacraft, Premier, Avalon, and Manitou with more arriving daily. What's the secret to finding a boat you're looking for this year, Dan? My recommendation is to shop now, pick a model, put your name on it. Our team of pros at Dance Outside Marine will have the knowledge and experience to get the boat you want equipped the way you want it equipped. What about financing options? Right now, we are offering low-interest financing options up to 144 months with qualified credit. Ask for details when you visit the store. Alumacraft Fishing Boats, Premier, Avalon, and Manitou Pontoons, all powered by Suzuki Outboards, are in stock now with new boats arriving daily. Dan Southside Marine is located just six blocks west of 35W on 98th Street in Bloomington or shop online at dansouthsidemarine.com. Tom here, and I'm talking with Brad Huckle and Mike Bilski of North American Banking Company. We've talked before about how working with a community bank like North American Banking Company can benefit business owners. Do you have an example you could share with our listeners? Our customers at Homeco Insulation in Blaine have been banking with a big bank for many years, but suddenly their calls weren't getting returned and their banker was unresponsive to their business needs. You can imagine their frustration. They had a successful business, wanted to expand, and their bank cut them off. They were ready to move on from their big 
bank, when they referred to us, we knew they wanted to work with a community bank that would be responsive and would take the time to understand their business and its needs. That sounds like a perfect fit. I know it can always reach out and not only talk to an actual person, but I'm talking to an experienced lender. They've told us the same thing, Tommy. Look, I know Brad and Mike, and I trust them with my banking. My whole family does. So why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. You all have helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. Audible.com presents Fifty Shades of Grey, the erotic best-selling novel read by Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> Magical. My inner goddess has stopped dancing and is staring too, open mouth and drooling slightly. Hear it the way it was meant to be. <laughs> Keep still, he orders, and slowly he inserts his thumb inside me, rotating it around and around, stroking the front wall of my vagina. No fisting, you say. Else you object to? I agree to the fisting, but I'd really like to claim your ass. Famed voice actor Gilbert Gottfried gives a reading that can only be described as sensual. Holy fuck is this wrong? <laughs> oh That's phenomenal. You just ruined S and M for Tom. <laughs> Please wash your hands. (laughs) Very sensual. It was very sensual, I thought. And and the passion you showed in your voice was amazing to me. See, see, the funniest part about it is that's actually from the book. Right. You know, if if I had made it up, it wouldn't have been anywhere near as ridiculous as that book is. Now, do you, uh, did you read your own, uh, for audible.com, did you read Rubber Balls and Liquor, too? Oh, my God. Yeah, I hated doing the audio for that. It's hard. Oh, it's the worst. Yeah, I mean, number one, having to read my own writing is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> but, what is you know, because I, I don't want to read a Gilbert Gottfried book. But, um, it's a very good book, actually. Yeah, it it that got um, actually uh, the Times and Publishers Weekly gave it rave reviews, which amazed me. It was a good book. I, I, I got it right when it came out. I'm not I'm not surprised at all. I, that was very well. You started off each paragraph with a joke, so I thought that was I mean not paragraph, but uh, each uh, chapter, chapter with a joke. Oh yeah, I, I put it in there like. With, like, dotted lines, like, yes. rip out this page use <laughs> this show. That's exactly right. Matter of fact, I have the book sitting in the other room. I should run and get it and tell some of the jokes and claim to be mine. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be impressive. It, uh, it's funny, that whole thing with the... Uh, with Aflac and uh, the tsunami and that came out. It happened right around the time the book was coming out, so people were right. swearing. I purposely did that. 
<laughs> to get press for to the get, book. To get press for the book? Thought, yeah, I thought I'm not that smart. <laughs> well, plus, you know, you took a little hit on the income, so you oh, don't really yeah. want to be doing that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I could have gotten, like, a higher-priced agency for that money. Uh, what, you know, yeah. what I would do, if I was, is it Allstate has mayhem right now? If, oh, yes. If Mayhem ever retires, you should replace Mayhem. That <laughs> <laughs> would be perfect. That would be pretty funny. Or, or if they're looking for a new kid for uh, uh, two, uh, two and a half men. Oh, how bad. <laughs> you could just walk you right into that. Great. You know, Gilbert and Tony, I, I hate to point this out, but I got a sneaking suspicion that <laughs> Angus T. Jones might be a Jew hater. Oh. <laughs> oh, the little kid? No. Yeah. I mean, the big fat kid. <laughs> big fat kid. How Why, you... He belongs to some obsessive Christian society? Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> he referred to uh, President Obama as uh, as Hitler. Oh, my God, he did? He yeah. did, yes. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you know, it's so funny because about two years ago or so, I read some article about him where he seemed like like so um, stable and everything, <laughs> happy to be working. And I thought, wow, see, this just shows you that they talk about kid stars being so nutty. And, sure. and look, here's a perfect example. That's not true. <laughs> Whoops. He proved you wrong. You had hope, and he took yeah, it away. It, 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 well, it, it's, he, he's, he's out there. Yeah. yeah. My favorite quote from him about three, about Two and a Half Men, he said, if you watch Two and a Half Men, don't watch Two and a Half Men. And then he, it wasn't good enough to say it's filth. He said, don't watch Two and a Half Men, it's the devil's filth. Oh, oh the devil. <laughs> the worst kind of filth. Yeah, that's like Which a new make, level. Wait, that would make a great porn title. <laughs> <laughs> hey, now showing at the Astor Art, the oh. devil's filth. Sorry, Angus T. It's probably it's next. Money from two and a half men. Just I, yeah, I, that shocked me to know. I, see, I didn't really understand that people of his age would. Uh, I guess if you're making seven million dollars a year when you're only twelve years old, it kind of yeah, gets. But in you. Hollywood, I mean Hollywood. I know the environment. You wouldn't think yeah. that that would be happening. Well, Sheen says there's a curse on the show. Maybe he's right. Charlie yeah. Sheen. Yeah, uh-huh. Sheen seems like the normal one. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he absolutely does. You're not lying about that. I, yeah, poor... I mean, he, he was just drinking and getting laid. I mean, he right. was in some nutcase. <laughs> well, that's, he drove his car off a cliff a couple of times, but, you know. It's no yeah, big deal. it happens. <laughs> Indeed it does. We've all been there. <laughs> We've all been there, and it just it is what it is. I, I just kind of wonder about Poor Chuck. Well, I shouldn't say poor Chuck Laurie because he's got about five huge hits on television. Yeah. But, oh yeah, not unpoor. Putting up with Charlie <laughs> Sheen and now he's got Angus T. Jones <laughs> saying things like "the devil's filth is two and a half men." You know, doesn't it seem like when kids get to be eighteen years of age in Hollywood that they do do something outrageous because they're going to break out from the childhood roles and go into the adult yeah, maybe. things? You know, you might so be right they about ju- that. I think it might be a a ruse. Could be a ruse. I think it's a ruse. Mm-hmm. 
We like a nice ruse. I kind of feel sorry for John Cryer because he seems like, I just want to go to work. I got a show. I'm so thrilled that they're hiring me. Right. (laughs) Yeah, poor guy. He just wants to show up for work and uh, he's got to put up with these nut jobs. I got to believe that Ashton Kutcher is not the most stable guy either. No, no. That something's going to happen there, too. And, and basically, it's not necessarily a good idea to be anti-Semitic in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's just not that good an idea. What? Are you saying there are Jews in the business? I've heard. How, how did this happen? I, There's I, a rumor. Do you know that my, one of my proudest moments is uh, some, like, Nazi white supremacist organization. A couple of years ago, they printed up a list of, they said, like, uh, Jews who are controlling the world. Mm-hmm. And my name was on Oh, <laughs> all right. Yeah. Perfect. It was so great. Cause, Good for you. you know, anything, <laughs> You've done it. <laughs> anything but uh, Nazi organization... Wouldn't even consider me. <laughs> well, you're on our list now. We're compiling one. No, it's, it's the only time I sent the Nazis a thank you. <laughs> That's not your usual deal. Gilbert Godfrey. Thank you could... for your continued good work. <laughs> Send him a book. And dedication. Oh, a nice cause. dedication. Yeah, that'd be just wonderful. It fits uh, so well, you know what I mean. So, how long ago did that list come out? Uh, I don't know. It was a couple of years ago. I wonder if there's any way of looking it up. But my name's on there. Andy, and there would like Andy's working on it. Andy's working on it as, as we speak. Yeah, he's going to go for the list. He actually tell us who the. Uh, yeah, you probably don't want to Google Gilbert Gottfried Nazi. No. No. That would not be Make good. Make that a common search. <laughs> I, don't know what you I would. wish I had the exact name of this group. Yeah, we're we're like some white supremacist. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be great Jew. to have in your browser history. I'm just sorry that Tony yeah. Lee didn't make it on the list. Tony, I'm sorry you didn't make it. Someday I'll make my mama proud. <laughs> Next year. I'll be a Jew controlling the world. Oh, God, that's fantastic. You having any luck at all, Andy? Wow, I wish I had kept that that somewhere I could find it. Actually, I I will never forget one time hearing Nick DiPaolo talking to Jerry Seinfeld. And Seinfeld says, why does everyone think the Jews control Hollywood? And Nick DiPaolo said, maybe it's because the ending credits on every sitcom looks like Schindler's List. Not a bad comment and, whatsoever. And 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 Seinfeld said, "Hey, that doesn't prove anything." Wow, <laughs> that's pretty I'm, good. That's good I'm I'm not a Jew. <laughs> <laughs> Alan King wasn't a Jew. Yeah, Alan King, yeah. Mel Brooks wasn't a Jew. <laughs> <laughs> that's really good. Yeah, I mean, it is. That it's is a very a good, good impression. <laughs> Spielberg. <laughs> no one who writes for television is Jew. <laughs> I think I might have found the list. Oh, he found you the did? list, Gilbert. Wow. Does Aryan Nation ring a bell? I think 
I think that's it. Because we got a list, a look at the hundreds of filthy heeb swine that control the U.S. entertainment business. You're kidding me. That's what it says. Don't be so surprised. (laughs) Would you read that again? I didn't hear that. No, don't say it again. And it says Gilbert Gottfried, comedian. So did you realize it's your oh, filthy wow. heap swine? I'm a heap swine. Are you kidding me? I can't believe You're on you. there with Gene Siskel and, you know. Oh, yeah, Gene Siskel. <laughs> Gene oh. Siskel, yeah, he's filthy he's swine. Terrifying. Elvis Presley. What? Yep. He's not a Jew. He's right on there. Well, apparently Ed Asner, you know, Don Rickles, good company. I don't think these people are working, you know, with. Don Rickles isn't a Jew. <laughs> Menachem Begin is. Is Menachem Begin on there? I don't know how long I should stay on this site. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to be tracked by the, the FBI or something. Something bad you stay could on happen. a certain amount of time, they send you a card and a badge. <laughs> <laughs> you a Ask bad. you for a donation. Here's, here's your heap swine hating badge. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so it's official. Like, and what you're the black. Hell? That is intense. <laughs> well, I don't know if I can work with you two anymore. Tony and Gilbert, I'm sorry. It's just, uh, you know. <laughs> I'm currently doing a special with Heap Swan. <laughs> He's a wonderful entertainer. Good industry name. Heap Swan. He now calls himself Heap J. Swan. Or a Christian son. <laughs> What is it with these people? This is unbelievable. (laughs) Dear Lord. Oh, God. Uh, It kind of worked out the way I thought it was going to work, Gilbert. You are amazing. You're unbelievable. What a talent. What a talent for a heap swine. So you made the list? Mazel tov. You made the list. Our old general manager, KQRS, was probably the... Uh, the whitest guy in America, <laughs> if you know what I mean. I mean, he just uh, had no idea about any other culture other than your, you know, basic Christian. Who little knows? waspy. <clears throat> yeah, very. It was very waspy. Mm-hmm. But our, the president of the company uh, was a Jew. So he comes into town, and the president says to the general manager, God, the uh, income is just fantastic. The company's doing extremely well, and... The general manager said, well, mazel toy. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, do you have a little dictionary of Jewish sayings? Right, his eyesight wasn't so good. <laughs> this guy's Mazel-toy. a Jew. I've got to prepare. He tried. Mazel toy. <laughs> Put the time in. I, I, I want to I wanna manufacture a Jewish dildo called a mazel toy. <laughs> <laughs> It'll bring you such pleasure. <laughs> It'll give you nachos. Nachos. For the front and the tuchus. Tony, that went too far. Why not? Oh, man. It'll give you nachos. I love nachos. I first heard that when I was four years old, walking into a deli. I was like four or five years old. I went into a deli, and I asked for... I uh, roast beef sandwich and a glass of milk, and the and the guy behind the counter goes, "Fe goish anachas." 
<laughs> it was wonderful. <laughs> Gilbert Gottfried, ladies and gentlemen, at Real Gilbert on Twitter. Don't forget about uh, the aristocrats. Don't forget about Rubber Balls and Liquor. A book just came out a couple years ago. Very, very funny. Also, Gilbert Gottfried, Dirty Jokes, DVD and CD. Fantastic. 50 on minutes. GilbertGottfried.com. Tommy, I never believed it until now, but apparently you're a pretty big deal. Well, is there ever a question in your mind? Well, you might say I was a doubting Thomas. See what I did there? Yes, how incredibly clever. Anyway, what's your point? Well, last month I was trying to find you a car to replace the Mafia Mobile and suggested leasing a Nissan Altima as it was impossible to find your first choice. I love that Altima, and I'm actually looking forward to checking out the all-wheel drive as soon as it's known. Well, apparently someone at Nissan was listening to us, and at this month, at Coon Rapids Nissan and Burnsville Nissan, we can offer short-term 18-month leases. That's actually pretty smart. By then, the chip shortage will be over, right? Man, I hope so. The only chip shortage I want to hear about is Bilski dumping one into the bunker. By the way, for the first time ever, Coon Rapids Nissan was number one in the state, and Burnsville was number two. Your Altima was actually one of the cars that put J-Lo on top. To learn more about short-term leasing, stop into Burnsville Nissan or Coon Rapids Nissan. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Hey folks, Brian Zepp here. Spring is gearing up, and if you're like me, you've already got the itch to hit the road. Make sure you and your motorcycle are ready with Dennis Kirk. Whatever you ride, Harley, Indian, Metric Cruiser, or Sport Bike, you'll find what you need at DennisKirk.com. They've got 160,000 parts and accessories in stock, clothing and helmets too. Order before 8 p.m., and they ship the same day. Plus, shipping is free for orders over 89 bucks. Get in gear and head to DennisKirk.com. Take it from Zep. They ship today. I'm trying to send a tweet before we start. Is it a good tweet or a bad tweet? Uh, well, I, I tweet it, and then I find out if it's good. It's not a, hey, fuck Tom tweet, is it? No, I'll, I'll read it to you if I can. Get <laughs> okay, well, that'd be nice. Well, Dana, this is a great surprise. I didn't think, uh, oh, I'm I didn't here. think you were coming. I'm here. Here's and my then... tweet. I once felt bad because I had no retweets, and then I met a man who had no ats. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Here's another one. When, when God closes a door, he opens a window. Sounds to me like somebody's pooping. <laughs> See? And now, you should meet everybody, by the way, Dan. Yes. Uh, JB, sitting across from you. How are you? My son, Andy, sitting hey. there at, uh, behind the computer. Hello. Mike Rasmussen to your left. Dr. Ralph Basham to your right. Hi, doctor. Nice My daughter's here, too, but she's carving a pumpkin. I don't know why. Oh, is. that's sweet. Isn't that nice? You know, picking out a Halloween pumpkin is a lot like 
picking out a mate in your life. You search and search for the perfect one, then you get it home and start mutilating it to fit what you really wanted. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> oh, the reason I asked you how long you had today is because Gilbert Gottfried's coming in at, at 5.30. So Where's might... Gilbert? Gilbert's at the New Hope Cinema Grill. Here. Oh. What's he doing? Stand up. Oh, we're competing. He, he just got into it. I don't know if you've heard. I didn't know. He, oh, that's funny. And John Oliver's in town tomorrow night, too. It's quite a weekend for Craig people. Ferguson's in town. Is he? Tim Young's over at the House of Comedy. We've got a lot of people in town. But, you know, they, this is a great comedy town. So yeah, it's Minneapolis. We've got room. Yeah. It'll be fine. I mean, you were at one of the great comedy clubs in America, don't you think? Yeah, um, I'm at uh, Acme this weekend, and uh, it's one of my favorite clubs. I've been going there since I was a wee lad. Is... Uh, well, first it started the Comedy Gallery. Yeah? Oh, the Comedy Remember Gallery. The com- yeah, yeah, absolutely. I was, first time I, I was first came to Minneapolis in 1986 and uh, at the gallery. 86. I know. Um, I, was, I, was, uh, that we, I was here, and then there was another Comedy Gallery in... A neighboring city uh-huh. with a B. Blaine. Possibly. Maybe Blaine. Maybe Mike, Blaine. is that right? Mike, you'd know where the comedy... Well, you know, you're too young to remember. The other that. one. Dana, and, uh, I, I do believe... Excuse me. Go ahead. Oh, just And the other comedian was a young guy who no one had heard of called Andrew Clay. Andrew Clay, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> before he became Dice. Became, before he became <laughs> Dice. Andrew Clay. Actually, Clay. in 1986, when you were at the Comedy Gallery, you did a, a radio show in town. Mm-hmm. And it was brand new. It had just started, 1986. It was when I first started at KQRS. You came in. It was Scott Hansen, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You and Scott Hansen came in. That was only 27 years ago. I know. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. It is unbelievable. It's amazing. Did you... Did you uh, did you talk to Justin Severson today at, on, on No Laugh Track over at Acme? I did. Yeah, that's a nice deal they have Did That there. came right up here. Lewis. One-stop shopping here at the converted mill. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is a converted mill. That's true. That's just the way to... Oh, there's Alex. Dana Gould, Alex. Hello. Hi, Alex. How are you? Marvelous. How, How was your you? pumpkin carving? Painting. Oh, you're painting oh, it? Oh, painting it. I'm painting them. They're... They, they're good. They turned out well. I'm excited. Why don't you carve them? Because they're living things? <laughs> yes. Yeah, see, there you no, go. No, <laughs> carving's too messy. Painting's easier. But I love the, 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 the smell of uh, when you... There's certain... Halloween has... There's, I, Halloween is my favorite holiday. It's a wonderful it's, holiday. It's my Christmas. And you can learn things about people that you didn't know by Halloween. Just little things like, so, Dave, you going to the Halloween party? Yeah. What are you going to dress up as? A uh, guy who looks like me but who never killed a hobo with his car and didn't report it. <laughs> oh, okay. Interesting choice. Well, um, you know. Yeah. And... Uh, and, uh, yeah, there's, there's a couple of smells. The smell of a, a pumpkin when you cut mm-hmm. it open. Mm-hmm. The smell of a pumpkin when you put the candle in it. A different smell. Mm-hmm. And just a pillowcase full of candy. Just a, Oh, yeah. Oh, that, <laughs> collective, oh, yeah. that collective sugar bomb that you get when you smell that. That's, oh, that's, I, that's good stuff. I will tell you, when I was uh, six years old, grew up in North Minneapolis, very urban neighborhood. Six years old, I'm out with uh, my friend Mike, trick-or-treating. Got robbed. No. <laughs> true story. We got robbed by about a 13-year-old kid. Yeah, he robbed us of our Halloween candy. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Is that unbelievable? I'm the only person I know that was ever robbed of his... I'm sure it's happened. Yeah, but that's horrible. 
You know, because he's really robbing your childhood. There's no question. You're absolutely right about that. That's and, terrible, isn't it? Let's. Here's another thing. I I think it's called. You're what kind? Are you a medical doctor or? A, I'm a medical man. Yes. Okay. Medical man. Medical man. Medical man. Medical. He's not a medical doctor. He's, he's a but not a medicine doctor. man. Let's be, <laughs> <laughs> let's be clear well, on what kind of guy. What is your, you are. What is your specialty? I'm a plastic surgeon. You're a plastic surgeon. Yeah. Interesting. Why aren't you in Los Angeles? Why aren't I in Los Angeles? <laughs> yeah. Well, good question. The people there are different. Well, they're I will different. I will tell you that you go to Beverly Hills where there's so much plastic surgery. There is a wholly different race of people. That's right. That another species. Yeah, they don't look like people. They have, well, they do, but they have their own look. And and I, I'm not saying there's a certain absolute. I know. It, I know. It comes with. I guess there's like a combo package that when you <laughs> when you get like yes. your breasts augmented, then you can also get your cheek, nose, and lips done. But they, as I've said, it's like women get plastic surgery to look younger, which would make perfect sense if one of them ever came out looking look. younger. Yeah. But they just look the same, and they look like the girl from the band on The Muppet Show. <laughs> that is so accurate. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Or they look like uh, Madam from Mad Men Whale. Oh, Madam. That's true. They have that strange, they have that bizarre... Uh, that bizarre look. I have. Uh, we have to take just a sixty-second break, but I have a very quick. And you probably know this story already, but just in case, there's a story about Whale and the Madam after Whalen died. You know, mm-hmm. so Whale and the Madam for for younger people. Not they were Whale and the Madam. I was. I almost said they. Madam was a puppet. <laughs> so I should point that out to people who don't know who Whale and the Madam are. Whalen was a a man, and uh, Madam was a puppet, kind of very old-looking puppet, dressed. Kind of, Kind of, uh, he was Waylon Flowers in his day was right. m- medically classified as the world's gayest organism, <laughs> and Madam was like a Phyllis Diller kind right. of for, for a younger audience, like a Kathy Griffin with white hair, <laughs> an old something hag. It's very dis- that's very subtle. Oh, old Kathy. something that rhymes with hag, hag. Poor Kathy. Poor Kathy. She tries so hard. Kathy's fine. I so, dated Kathy Griffin. What? Did you I really? Did. What was my, that like? Met my wife at her house. Huh? Really? Mm-hmm. Well, that worked out. Fine. All fine. It's all, it's all fine. You it's met your fine. wife at her house? Yeah. And so this is, you went on a date with her, went yeah, back home. We went on a date, went on a couple dates. We were friends, and then we dated, and then we were friends again. And... Um, and then I went was at her house and a, a Christmas party at her house and I met my wife. So she took you home and you were like, "Hey, how about that one? She seems better." <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't have an act. I'm, I'm in. What's the matter? Computer just shut down. It did. It's it's in the of... battery. Oh. So here's Wait, the deal. I get to hear this. Whalen Flowers so and Madam. Whalen Flowers and Madam. They were actually on Hollywood Squares for a while. Yeah, the time. yeah. yeah. They had their own square. Were they Center Square? And then. Uh, the gayest organism on earth died, and they read his will, and he requested he be buried with Madam. Madam is in his casket. Isn't that a bit eerie? That, that is like Bela Lugosi being buried in one of his Dracula capes. Yeah, he he was. He was buried yeah. in his Dracula cape. Yeah. I told people, and I'm very serious about this because I've been doing this for 42 years, 
if you bury me with a microphone, I will fucking haunt you. <laughs> I, will. I, will. See, I um, totally bury you. Did you see behind the candelabra? <laughs> now, I haven't seen it yet. I've heard it's rather interesting. It's fantastic. That's what I've heard. And I got to yeah. say, that's the sequel. Wayland and Madam. <laughs> that's the sequel. I believe your information was in error. And Dana, behind the... What? Because As Madam is on display. <laughs> that's a different Madam. There's, there were two Madams. You sure? There's, I'm sure Aren't there's there more always than one two madam. madams? There are at least two madams. I'm that's sure exactly there was right. more than one madam. Did you think when Waylon Flowers' father heard that he had a madam, that he was very happy about that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure when Waylon Flowers heard that his son's hand was finally up a... Well, we don't need to go down that road. <laughs> can you guess what he died of? Gonorrhea. Um, I would say <laughs> I pneumonia. Think, uh, I think it, you can guess what does it Does it rhyme with blades? Yes, it does. Uh, well, oh. it rhymed with blades-related blancer. Right. Well, here's what I was thinking. <laughs> nice. Subtle. You raised him well. <laughs> Thank you. When, 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 uh, when Blades first came about, yes. uh, oddly enough, right around the time I first came to Minneapolis. That's true. Um, Christian conservatives said it was God's punishment against homosexuality. Yes. yes. But when a tornado tears apart Oklahoma, they never say it's God's punishment against no. wheat well, farming. Some of them do. <laughs> they're, they're very quiet I about say that. tornadoes. GMO wheat. Yeah. See, I think That's it's still it God's punishment against homosexuality. Because if you look at it, God sees the world from a great distance. Mm-hmm. And from far away, farmers dress a lot like lesbians. That's true. Very and good And I point. think God just sees bib overalls and work boots <laughs> and says, let him have it. <laughs> Because let's just say, for the sake of argument, that we are governed by a mercurial, invisible giant with a lot of grudges. What is more indicative of his wrath, a biologically transmitted blood disorder or a magic whirlpool in the sky? (laughs) Well, that's what it is. Sorry, but that's what it is. One looks a lot more like the work of an omnipotent being than the other. I do love the fact that somebody would be so arrogant as to think they know what God's up to. Sure. And that God hates everyone they hate. Right. I love that. I also love that they know that the people who believe the world's going to end while they're here. It's been around for billions of years. It's just been waiting for me. (laughs) Waiting for me to come along. Ted Saunderson, plumbing wholesale equipment seller from Mankato. (laughs) That's all over for you. Exactly. The arrogance there is is amazing to me. Mm -hmm. It's all it is, too, is just... Just blatant arrogance. But the same goes for fundamentalist atheists. No question. Because no doubt. You're so stupid. You think you know what happens after you die. You're such a moron. I know what happens after you die. It's nothing. (laughs) Well, you know, this has always been my argument. There's no way that my dogs can conceive of my computer. Right. Their brain cannot conceive of it. Correct. It doesn't mean that they can't be in the same room at the same time. That's, that's often that's, happens. That's a, yeah, it's true. Dogs do know, however, to ignore the computer because they don't understand it. Ah, well put. So eventually, I mean, you get them as puppies. You move your cursor around. They'll paw at it. Mm-hmm. But then once they're older, they're just like, I know, it's just a box of nothing. Who cares? Yeah, but then it's like they get in there and then suddenly a bunch of like Petco.com box of squeaky toys show up. And they're like, gosh, darn, 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 you know, there's one uh, one sign that I have to tell you about. And you should take this as a, as a compliment, actually. 
The fact that Andy will talk to you means he thinks you're really funny. Oh, good. <laughs> or the opposite. <laughs> he feels bad for you, so he's trying to. It's, kind of, it's, it's really kind of uncomfortable because once in a while we'll get somebody in that Andy doesn't think is funny, and he just won't talk to them. Why is that, Andy? I I don't do it on purpose. Well, or you I, still do it. Just don't like well, you. Sometimes I'm do do? doing other things too. I mean, I got a lot of crap over here. It's a busy man, Dad. <laughs> By the way, Alex, you're sitting in the wrong chair. I know it's usually your chair, but on Fridays, a lot of people depend on JB and Andy sitting together so they can set the contrast on their screen for the live for the live stream. Deal with it. All right, here we go. I found a list yeah, of interest. Uh, Ebony and Ivory has been in my head. Right now. <laughs> Apocalyptic events. Okay. Okay. Oh, I there's no way I'm going to be able to count all these. Uh, yeah. No, oh, there no. are literally like at least a hundred. So, uh, yeah, people are pretty big on that whole apocalypse thing. But I think Dana's right. It's because I'm here. Mm. It's all Everyone wants to feel go. important. Right. That's absolutely that's well, true. But well put. not everyone is important. No, that's the thing that uh, – and here's another thing. Like, um, People always say, like, look, you can accomplish anything if you believe in yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and I think they just say that to make sure you leave high school. Yeah. Because <laughs> well. it's actually not true, I can assure you. I no. said I had to speak – a friend of mine had a film class and I spoke at it. And I said, you know, they say that you can believe – you can do anything if you believe in yourself. That's that's just clearly not true. And the teacher goes, you can't tell them that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. Is that – you know, I never – I don't know much about The Secret, but they tell me The Secret is – I just listened to it on tape, so. Isn't that I'm supposed here. to be like if you really believe something yeah, will happen? If you wish hard enough, it will happen. Well, well, it's ridiculous. No, it's just – that's how you explained it to me a few years ago. Kind I, of, but now I've listened to it on tape, so oh, I have a better okay. understanding. Oh, okay. It is a little bit of, you know, if you want to be a millionaire. She was like this weird Australian yeah. British accent lady, okay. and it got kind of like, shut up. This is a Minnesotan saying there's a After weird all. accent. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't, it's the first, it's the, hey, now. It's like a Steve Martin bit. Hey first, now. get a million dollars. Now. But it was like, if you get... A million dollars, it's because you let your subconscious mind attract the million dollars. Like, you wanted it so badly, and and so the universe allowed it to happen. And then if you lose your million dollars, it's because you let your subconscious let it go and not care enough about it. But if you you can get a million dollars back by having your subconscious, you know, it was kind of like you could control the universe by your subconscious mind. And it's like I get part of it. It's like you want your subconscious mind to be Mm -hmm. positive and welcoming and all that kind of stuff. But I don't think you can. I thought she was my daughter, Nanny. That sounds like a lot of doo doo. I, think, <laughs> I don't think you can receive a million dollars just because you want it bad yeah, enough. But there, yeah, I think there'd be a lot more millionaires. But there is yes. the theory that people do, um, you know, like it's not uh, not rare for like a star football player just before the Super Bowl does something and now they can't play. That's okay. true. And the reason is subconsciously they do not feel that they are worthy of playing in the Super Bowl. And if they do play in the Super Bowl, it violates their self-image. And that is an existential death. Mm -hmm. So they have to subconsciously subvert it so that they don't perform in the Super Bowl. Well, then how how do you explain I can't find my lucky mug so the Dodgers can't possibly win? (laughs) (laughs) That's That's a different thing. That's just a simple fact. (laughs) Yeah. You know, but it's a lot about control. It's like I'm afraid I'm going to stink in the Super Bowl, so I will make sure Mm. I don't play. Uh, Since 1991, 
for ni- since 1991, <laughs> yeah. I've been secretly wishing that I could run faster than JB. And it's never Doesn't happened. Work. Although you I've never seen you run. You might yeah. not be able to run that fast. You've never, we've never raced, so you don't know that. <laughs> I don't know that. That's I, a, I may run with a limp. That's a fact. Walks perfectly. Runs with a limp. <laughs> runs with a limp. Were you Some offended by this high school kid and what he said? Uh, do you know about this? No. Uh, I can't remember where it was. It's not important. Andy could look it up. High school kid was uh, doing a seventh grade. He was doing the booth for a seventh grade football game. And he plays Madden NFL 2012 or whatever it is. It's literally every, you pick a year, you've got a yep. name of a game. And he, he repeated a line that he had heard on Madden NFL 2012. The seventh grade kid that was running was Haitian. And the kid said, over the loudspeaker, he's got that running away from the cops speed. Wow. <laughs> Are you kidding me? And apparently that's on Madden NFL 2012. <laughs> But the school wasn't too happy with him saying. You know, I've never heard that term before. <laughs> well, I think there's a reason away. for that. Well, We're... you know, there's also they just had the New Jersey uh, governor's debate, mm-hmm. and it's uh, Cory Booker, uh, who's African American, mm-hmm. and his opponent. I don't know his name, but he's a big Tea Party, hard right wing conservative, and Cory Booker was the former mayor of Newark, New Jersey. Right. Uh, which is a large uh, African-American population. And the guy said, all of the tax money for New Jersey goes into the big black hole of Newark, New Jersey. <laughs> but I'm not sure if he – if I give him the benefit of the doubt that he – did he really mean I, – I don't worry. I would vote for Cory Booker anyway. But it's like, was that a mistake or is that an unfortunate coincidence, or is that really what they would call in politics a dog whistle? <laughs> You're saying something for people to know what I'm really – you know, that was always the uh, – in the Republican Southern strategy in the 70s and 80s, it was always law and order. Law and order, yes. Right. More, yes that's white, have been a more white policemen. That's right. Good or, or maybe you just didn't want to play in that Super Bowl. That's exactly <laughs> right. didn't want to play well, in that observed. Super Bowl. Too well, I have a question. Now, New Jersey – it's a very democratic state, so, so like a working class state. Yeah. Right? So how would a Tea Party member ever win there anyway? He's not. No, it's not going to win. He's, He's not, not going to win. win. I mean, but a Republican sh- can win there. Yeah, but not um, a Tea Party. Yeah. No, no. no way. There's no way. I uh, I did enjoy your story from last week. Speaking of big black holes, <laughs> what was the program? Was Eartha that Kitt kept- here? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Eartha Kitt. Now there's a reference. <laughs> Let's talk a little LBJ. Eartha Kitt. <laughs> There are like three people in this room that know what the hell I'm even talking about. <laughs> I know the name. Eartha Kitt was, went to dinner once at the, the White House. She was the first Catwoman. She was the first Catwoman. Oh. She went to dinner at the White House when LBJ was president and did nothing but bitch about his administration. <laughs> yeah. And this is a man who forwarded civil rights yes. more than any other president. Yes. Said we shall overcome in the State of the Union in a, in a, in a live television address. I know it was the State of the Union, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I interviewed Eartha Kitt on uh, Live 105 in San Francisco when I would substitute for Alex Bennett sometimes. Oh, okay. And uh, she was promoting – this is a, so that story that you just said, which I actually did not know, but it fits perfectly okay. with – I said uh, she was in the Eddie Murphy movie Boomerang. <laughs> and I was like, so tell me, what was it like – uh, to be working with Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy has his friends. If you are not one of Eddie Murphy's friends, you do not talk to Eddie Murphy. That's a perfect <laughs> impression. Okie doke. That is a perfect impression of Eartha Kitt, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. That's All a right perfect then. impression. I'll shut up, Miss Kitt. 
What was her big song again? Oh, um, Santa Baby. Santa Baby. Santa she also, uh, Have you ever heard? She Baby. has the most annoying version of Santa Baby <laughs> was, ever. She was the original, though, I think. Santa Baby. It's like, <laughs> shh, Eartha. Santa Baby. Eartha. Miss Kit. Nope. Listen. She was not the original. She wasn't. No. Andy's just going to argue with everything I say to Yep. Her. He's just proving you wrong. Let me get, uh, can I guess something. the original? Oh, wait. Yes. Actually, well... Where am I kidding? She didn't write it. She did perform it, though. Do you need more volume? Yeah. So her less performance volume. was the original, Andy, but it you, was written. Would you give Dana more volume from his headphones? Nope. <laughs> okay, excuse me. Oh, no. Zach, is that better? Mics are going to go you. up, too. I'm yeah. going to guess the first version of Santa Baby. For a million dollars. Was <laughs> Secret million. Was it Peggy Lee? Hanson. <laughs> It was Hanson. Yes, the group Hanson. He guessed. Peggy, I don't know who that is. No. I love She's Peggy a great Lee. singer. She's a great singer. Um, Eartha Kid actually did record the original, but she didn't write it. Oh, no. Well, well, yeah. so, original she, recording. Did I say yeah. writing? Get no, out. No one, said, <laughs> no one said she wrote it. Well, also with Henry Renee. So you didn't mention him, did you? He sang Poor it. Henry. Oh, because he went. Probably. If I could just take a minute. Please don't cloud these discussions with facts. It's <laughs> <laughs> not what we're interested of all, in. Of all things. The, so you could be in the tea party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's not the problem. That, the issue is not that Eartha Kitt didn't write Santa Baby. I said we have a spending problem in this country. <laughs> we have the spending problem under control. And the black holes. And we don't want Obamacare, <laughs> and we can't open the government until Obamacare is defunct. Hang on. It's not that anymore. We've changed it. You changed, We yes. can't open the government until the $6 million man has a movie remake. <laughs> oh, God, please don't do that. Johnny Depp has to play the $6 million man. With a lot of makeup and stuff on oh, his face. But please don't look like Captain Jack Sparrow if you're going to be a $6 million man. Because Tonto looked way too much like Captain Jack Sparrow. I think, I think, here's the thing. We talk about our budget deficit. Mm-hmm. There is one thing for which this nation has a profound surplus. And we will have it on November 1st. And that is unsold Johnny Depp as Tonto Halloween costumes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a fact. I went into the Spirit that's Halloween store, and it was just row upon row. Oh. Tonto, Tonto, Tonto. <laughs> what were they thinking? Johnny Depp as Tonto? Why? Uh, well, you know. oh, that movie, I did not see that movie, but it was uh, uh, it was just one of those, like, you just got it wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, yeah. No one wants to know. I contend that that character is an extension of... Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Sure. That same yeah. character. That would make sense. It's all same kind of character. This, it's all kind of the same thing, and he really needs to stop putting stuff on his face. No question. Great yeah. actor. He was yeah. so funny. Did you ever see Life is Short? Life Life's is, too oh, yeah. short. Life's too short. Uh, uh, Ricky Gervais. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When Johnny Depp walks in and turns over the, the fruit bowl because he's angry with Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant. It's hilarious. Oh, I didn't see goes, it. <laughs> it was very, very good. Indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we are here with Dana Gould. Dana is at Acme tonight and tomorrow night. Is it uh, is 8 and 10.30? 8 and 10.30. 8 and 10.30, I want to make sure. Two beautiful shows. Two but the very funny shows. April Richardson, if uh, people are fans of Chelsea Lately. She's oh, yeah. one of the regulars on that show. How many people does she have on that Every, show? Every, I've been featured, <laughs> I'm pretty but, sure. Everyone but me. Yeah. Even though you're not Too on there ever. Too bad for you. I've never been on. Well, you I'd be love on to the... go on. I'm, I'm a egalitarian. 
Egalitarian. I like that. Egalitarian. Yeah, mm-hmm. you are. It's true. Johnny um, Depp, by the way, in what, my second favorite movie of all time. Mm, let me get, I'm trying to think what that might be. Your second favorite. Well, yeah. Well, let me. First of all, what's your what's your favorite? Ginger Lynn's Girl Girl Hits. No. <laughs> um, uh, the original Planet of the Apes. I didn't say the oh, best the movie. My favorite movie. No, no, I understand. Uh, okay, yeah. this is Charlton Heston. Yeah, yeah. Th- that one. I've never seen it. I don't know. Shut the front I, door. I, is I, that true? You can say fuck if you want. <clears throat> but anyway, I have never seen Planet of the Apes. Oh, it's fantastic. Really? Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, first one. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. First one's a good, well done. Great. Very well it's done. just the best. Did you watch? Are you a fan of the Twilight Zone? Yes, it's love the, the Twilight Zone. It's the best, biggest version of the Twilight Zone. Oh, it is. It was written by Rod Serling. It was. Was it really? Uh, the screenplay was. It was oh. based on a book by Pierre Boulle, but mm-hmm. it was written by Rod Serling, and uh, it's just the biggest. It's the Twilight Zone if they made a movie. It's just like a big budget Twilight Zone, particularly the ending. The yes, ending exactly. that's, so so Rod Serling. Rod Serling, pure, pure Rod, Rod Serling. Serling. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know that I aspire to be Burgess <laughs> Meredith in the Twilight Zone. Be all by myself with broken glass. But you don't break your glass. <laughs> <laughs> I have all these books, but I can't <laughs> Can read get them. To read the, yeah. oh. Stack of unread New Yorkers. Dan Chesky's here from Dan's Southside Marine. It won't be long now until we start seeing boats on the water. Warmer temps and open water are coming soon, Tom. We have inventory in stock now from Alumacraft, Premier, Avalon, and Manitou with more arriving daily. What's the secret to finding a boat you're looking for this year, Dan? My recommendation is to shop now, pick a model, put your name on it. Our team of pros at Dance Outside Marine will have the knowledge and experience to get the boat you want equipped the way you want it equipped. What about financing options? Right now, we are offering low-interest financing options up to 144 months with qualified credit. Ask for details when you visit the store. Alumacraft Fishing Boats, Premier, Avalon, and Manitou Pontoons, all powered by Suzuki Outboards, are in stock now with new boats arriving daily. Dan Southside Marine is located just six blocks west of 35W on 98th Street in Bloomington or shop online at dansouthsidemarine.com. Tom here, and I'm talking with Brad Huckle and Mike Bilski of North American Banking Company. We've talked before about how working with a community bank like North American Banking Company can benefit business owners. Do you have an example you could share with our listeners? Our customers at Home Insulation in Blaine have been banking with a big bank for many years, but suddenly their calls weren't getting returned and their banker was unresponsive to their business needs. You can imagine their frustration. They had a successful business, wanted to expand, and their bank cut them off. They were ready to move on from their big bank. When they referred to us, we knew they wanted to work with a community bank that would be responsive and would take the time to understand their business and its needs. That sounds like a perfect fit. I know it can always reach out and not only talk to an actual person, but I'm talking to an experienced lender. They've told us the same thing, Tommy. Look, I know Brad and Mike, and I trust them with my banking. My whole family does. So why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. You all have helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM.
it's interesting you brought up Paul Rubens because... No, it's not called Homer the Drudge anymore. What's it called now? They released it as the Computer War Menace Shoes. Oh, the Computer War Menace Shoes, right. Okay. Mm. It was Homer the Drudge when we wrote it. But, uh... <laughs> Inside scoop. We never missed <laughs> Pee Wee's Playhouse. Never. Brilliant show. As a matter of fact, you guys got, uh... You guys have it, still have it in the box set, don't you? Yeah. Yep. The box at a Pee Wee's Playhouse. Yeah, that whole thing just really pissed me off. Yeah. What do you think guys do when they go there? Yeah. You know, that's uh, what they do. And if he wasn't who he was, it wouldn't have been. No yeah. question. Yeah, it was a sh- and he, no, we, um, my wife worked at HBO and we you know, knew him, got to meet him. And uh, we ended up taking our kids to see him live when he did it in Los Angeles two years ago at the Nokia Theater. Mm-hmm. And then now uh, we took our kids backstage and they, he took them out onto the stage. And they were at the time, they were like nine and seven or something. And uh, they sat in Cherry. And the puppeteer was still in the chair, Very. so it just put its arms around him naturally. <laughs> and they just sat there. Na- and, but to them, it was like, why wouldn't it do this? It's mm-hmm. charity. Right. Like, it yeah. never entered their right. minds. That it was. And then we had a charity event at our house that he came to, I think two months later. And he came in, and she's like, hi, Pee Wee, want to see my room? And then they, they showed him there. But it's like, my kid's like, like yeah, well, you know, we saw Pee Wee, then he came over our house. And, <laughs> and we showed him the yeah. Yeah, It's actually see, not how it works. As of then, <laughs> I think... People. About what, 35, 36, 37 year old man? I thought it was very funny that the chair's name was Cherry and the floor's name yeah. was Flory. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, it was hilarious. It's because it, it's just an obvious, nice, yeah. because that's what a guy like him would come up with. Yeah, the, yeah, the first one you'd come up with. I just think it was, I, it was just so much fun to watch that show. I found that script, by the way. Homer the Drudge? Yep. That's crazy. <laughs> uh, who wrote it? George, Ma- no, well, it wasn't George I'm Meyer. on the uh, the lines right now, so I'll okay. I'll relay those and then find out. You'll double back. So it was uh, so Homer. He pops the bubble, right? And then it cuts back to the HQ. Right. Number two says, "Why did you think a big balloon would stop people?" And the scientist says, "Shut up. That's why." That's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. That's, that's why. That's my line. You know, that's funny. That's so weird. <laughs> That's so that weird. That's Shut up. That's why. That's what it was. Oh, it was written by Schwartzwelder. John Schwartzwelder. Yep. A genius. Crazy, crazy genius. Andy, you should have written for this. Or you should write for The Simpsons. You'd be very good. Still there. Shut up. That's why. Shut up. That's, <laughs> that's why. what it was. And that <laughs> no. was after like two hours. And then there was... I'm not, li- I'm, uh, I'm not lying. I'm not lying. We had one where it was, a, it was one of those tri-story episodes that different stories took place in different time frames. Mm-hmm. And one of them took place in Tom Sawyer, America. Yeah. And we were coming up with a store name for a for a store. And we started off with Pelts, Pone, and Beyond. Four hours later, we settled on Pelts, Pone, and Beyond. <laughs> Is that the one with hard tack, corn tack, pone tack, yeah. tack, corn? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was and, – and I remember George Meyer was running the room that day and we were just sitting there and – it was just like he was really—he was not happy with Pelts, Pone, and Beyond, and he wanted something better. And I'm telling you, four hours, we just ground into that. And I was like, fine, Pelts, Pone, and Beyond. <laughs> what? And he just said, like, the joke won. The joke won. Well, we lost. But that's good. We thought it was fine. Hey, you know what? The joke wins. That's a, it's a good joke. That's why it won. We thought it was fine. You'd what be is? surprised. Um, there is a Simpsons Wiki article on Pone, Pelts, and Beyond. That store that you see in one scene in one episode. I'm sure. History. 
Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry Finn bought one jug of whiskey, three plugs of tobacco, and some extra-strength opium for two cents at the Pone Pelts and Beyond. <laughs> Sawyer and Finn thought it was expensive, but the merchant compared it then to the 99-cent store, which was another joke where the 99-cent store was where all the aristocrats bought their furs and stuff. Because, sure, because yeah, it was a very high-end. Yeah. There was a, there was a, this is how, this is how, this is how brilliant George Meyer was. I always tell this story about just the way George thinks. We were doing, I don't think this joke ever got into the show. I don't think the bit ever got into the show. Our Homer was falling off a roof and he was falling off a, and bounced off a series of balconies. Is that, not balconies, but, uh, uh, you know, those hooded uh, canopies that oh, awnings. extend. Awnings, thank you. Awnings. And he bounced off a series of awnings uh, and then landed in a truck. It was carrying pillows, a dump truck full of pillows, yeah. and, and fell. A, we call it a Rube Gold. Yeah, I, rem- I remember that scene. Yeah. Right. And we're trying to end it. And uh, like, and we literally like five, six hours. How do we end this thing? How do we end this thing? A train full of popcorn. And finally, George goes, what if he lands on a open truck carrying, and we pan down and we see the truck is carrying marshmallow fluff. It's stenciled on the side of the truck. And he's fine. And then after a beat, a bunch of scorpions come out from under the fluff and start stinging him. <laughs> and I was like, that's certainly not something I would have thought. <laughs> Let's yeah. go with it. I think uh, you actually ended up going with uh, – he fell. You saw the truck with the pillows. The truck pulled away, and behind it was a truck full of mouse traps. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's great. Oh, Andrew, as I can tell you, he knows every second of every yeah, Simpsons. Well, back before my... Netflix, I would just DVR three or four shows and watch them ad nauseum. Yeah, just yeah. dig in. Yep. Well, they're just they're, to this day. It's just hilarious. The the characters. See, we're we're being polite and not asking you who's going to die. Because I don't know. I honestly they don't probably been telling someone's going to die on the Simpsons. Yeah. yeah. Is it Maud? <laughs> Maud's going to die again. <laughs> She's going to die again. all over again. She's going to re-die. They think it might be Sideshow Bob. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Or, because I'm sure Kelsey Grammer is sick of the character anyway. That oh, how, the, why would you be sick of that? That's a great character. Going, <laughs> that or grandfather. They Abe? Yeah. Yeah. Abe? Abe. Abe hasn't die. really been in. I mean, he hasn't been a major character in a while, so that makes sense. Yeah, I think Sideshow Bob's more likely. I just I think Sideshow Bob's a wonderful character. I can just see them in the room going, <clears throat> let's just kill him. Yeah. <laughs> who do we care least about dying? Well, it tells us how much can you do with him that you've not done. Well, I suppose. Yeah, that's, that's true. Because yeah. every single episode is more or less the same right. plot it's Cape Fear. Yeah. <sighs> mm-hmm. yeah. Alex, our daughter over there, went to a, an that's arts me. high school <laughs> and she was a dance major. Uh, I know what you're going to say. And there was a young woman oh, from, yeah, I, I think, South Africa. <laughs> this she was, was my... No, she was white. No, she oh, but she was from South Africa. Oh, but was she? She was from South Africa, oh, and yeah. this was at college. Oh, that was at college. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Exact copy of Sideshow Bob's here. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. It was Sideshow Bob's here. It wasn't intentional. All... <laughs> it wasn't intentional. She just had she that hairstyle. to have Sideshow Bob hair. <laughs> we have a caller, Andy? Yep. Who's a caller? It is Mike from Blaine. Oh, Dana, you're going to love Mike from Blaine. He, he asks the best questions on any show anywhere. Okay. But he's always hired in hell when he asks a question. I was going to say, I fear your statements are ironic. <laughs> hi, Mike. I don't know if I can. Hi, hi Dana. How you doing? Good. All right. So uh, I don't know if I can live up to the best questions thing today, but I'll, I'll give it a shot. Okay. Um. So for my first one, um, 
when you were on The Simpsons, were you one of the Ivy League guys or one of the other one writers? I, I was one of the other ones. I was uh, I was hired by Mike Scully, uh, mm-hmm. who did not attend Harvard, and he went out of his way to hire people that also did not attend Harvard. <laughs> uh, and that was me. I went to the University of Massachusetts State School. I heard a story about like the dynamic of the room that it's just like a line of Harvard guys and then it's everybody else. Yes. You're right. <laughs> but how do you know within three seconds whether or not somebody went to Harvard? They'll tell you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they will hey, tell hey. you. Andy, how did you know seconds? that? Andy yeah. knew that. In three seconds, yes. Mike, what are you doing? But there was a great line about Harvard that was on the show that Jace Richdale, who did not attend Harvard, wrote, which was where there was a fantasy that Bart was graduating Harvard, and the guy says, congratulations, Bart. You have just graduated from the most expensive and therefore best school in the country. (laughs) (laughs) And as long as you agree with your professors, you're good to go. Yeah, exactly. I just have never understood why that education is so revered, because all you do is sit there and go, yes, sir, yes, sir. Yeah, I agree. Well, it's also, it's like, if it's such a great school, how come all it turns out is guys who write cartoons? <laughs> or presidents. Yeah, you know. Exactly. Uh, oh, Yale him. and Harvard. Oh, him. Oh, him. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, yeah, how many presidents in a row from Harvard, Yale? Don't look at me. Oh, I don't. Not a clue. Been Clinton a didn't go to Harvard. Clinton didn't go to Harvard or, he or to, Yale. He, he, I don't think he went to Yale either. He was a Rhodes Scholar. Yeah, he was a Rhodes Scholar. Went to Oxford. Went to Oxford. Where did he go to college? Andy? Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton. Where did he go to college? That's what I'd like to know. Well, oh. went to, I know he was in what? Oxford. Hey, no, I know he was at Oxford. Yeah, he was a Rhodes Scholar, definitely. And then Mike? I think it was in went to DeVry. <laughs> yes, went to DeVry too. And then I think uh, North American University. One day, one night, Saturday's all right. The Adlai Stevens College. National <laughs> American University. Oh, National American University. Georgetown University. Georgetown. 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 Okay. He was a lawyer. Sure. That's everybody, that, <laughs> including Paul Mercurio. <laughs> What did you work stuff I love Paul. I do too. Paul's one of my favorite guys in the world. How do you not? Yeah, no, how do you I not? think that. Uh, see, I think. Just to talk politics for a second, and then we'll, uh, then we won't. I actually think that Chris Christie could beat Hillary Clinton, but I don't think he'd get the nomination. As a as a Republican. Yeah, but I don't think he can get the nomination because he's because he's not Tea Party enough. Because he's not a caveman. But don't you think he that, believes in math? <laughs> don't you think the Republicans have to move away from that bullshit? They can't. I will tell you this, Dana. I, I am so yeah. sick of both parties, or all parties. Sure, as you say, I both. Agree. Just I, yeah. All of them. You just make me sick. I, I, all of you. I agree with. I agree with all of. I agree with that completely. And I and I am a very centrist person. I will say this: all the newscasts now they go. You know, both parties. No, this has been caused by the Republican Party. The government shutdown was caused. Well, yeah, it was not it, by the Democrats. No, I agree. You're absolutely they right. They wanted. About that. They used a budget process to blackmail the president into overturning a law that was legally passed and approved. It was 40 people, too, right? Right. Total of 40 people. The end. The Democrats didn't want to do it. Right. In this particular case, yes, there's full, there's there's crap and sugar-coated crap. But mm. in this case, it's, well, both parties are not involved in this problem. I didn't know there were set, there have been 17 shutdowns. Of the federal government. Mm-hmm. I, didn't know, I didn't know there were anywhere near that many. Oh, Mike, I'm sorry. You had another question, didn't you? Yeah, I got uh, three more, if that's all oh, right. Three more? <laughs> Dana's going to be here until like 8 yeah. o'clock. Well, we have to be done by 5.30, so. 
Oh, it'll be well, If you get back to me, whenever. No, go, go ahead, Mike. I gotta meet somebody. On, whatever. I gotta meet a man so, uh, about a dog. <laughs> okay. Um. So you were the voice of Gex. Yes. Andy. Gex, Andy the N sixty four character. Yes. That's rather odd. I never thought I would meet Gex or hear anyone talk about Gex. And now you have. Now he's after excited. After 2002. <laughs> now you have. Oh, there's Mike laughing. That's that, that's that marijuana laugh. <laughs> All right. So, also, he was, he was in The Aristocrats with Gilbert Gottfried. Yes. 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 You Gilbert can talk about that when Gilbert, Gilbert's on. Gilbert will be here in about 10, 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. So. All right. We don't speak. And... <laughs> we don't ever Did speak. Did you write Gex? Yes, me and my uh, uh, frequent writing partner Rob Cohen mm. uh, wrote. We did, we wrote the jokes for Gex, not the game. I, I well, yeah. Right. Did you code Gex? I as did well? code Gex. Yes, it was lovely. Uh, I, I frequently uh, uh, people bring their game and I sign their game. I really? Yeah. Because the entire game you know. is the it's the writing. I mean, that's what made the game. Yeah, it's funny. We had some really funny lines in that. There was one line, I'm not sure if it went or not. You'll get, it was, you know, Gax was just me just doing different voices and different characters Mm -hmm. and stuff. And And he would frequently do Johnny Carson. And uh, there was one time where he was in a river and these crabs kept attacking him and that was a thing. And he said, I don't think we were allowed to use this, but it was a, I haven't seen this many crabs since Elkie Summer's hot tub party. (laughs) (laughs) L.K. Summer, <laughs> a beautiful woman, no question. Mike, you're up again. All right, so uh, I guess my last one is, when you were on Suddenly Susan, did you get to meet Clyde Phillips? Oh, Clyde Phillips. I love Clyde Phillips. Yeah, but who, I met everybody, but which one was Clyde Phillips? The executive producer, showrunner guy. Oh, yes, then I'm sure I did. Clyde's a great writer. Very, very. He's got uh, Nurse Jackie and. Um, oh, is that him? Who is it? Nurse Jackie and Dexter. 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 Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, 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 he, yeah. But he started out on Suddenly Susan. Uh, I started on uh, Suddenly Susan. Parker Lewis. He was. Yeah, yeah he wrote yeah. Parker Lewis can't lose, which I brought up, and he said he's heard like two people bring it up ever. Well, uh, David Chase from The Sopranos, mm-hmm. uh, his first show was Cole Shack the Night Stalker. God, Kolshak. Yes. That was. Uh, and I met him at a HBO party, and I was a big fan of Kolshak, the Night Stalker, and he couldn't believe it. Was it. Darren McGavin, right? Yeah. And he goes, yeah. Did you watch, Do you watch that show? I go, Yeah, I love that show. I oh, that was a great show. Uh, and I said, Actually, I just watched one the other day. He's like, Does it hold up? <laughs> <laughs> does it hold it up? Like, yeah, it does. It does. See, his first writing credit was Trapper John M.D. Good oh, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> Good Lord. David Chase or, Ch- or Cl- uh, the other dude? Clyde Phillips. Clyde Phillips. But his first major writing uh, writing role was Parker Lewis. Parker yeah, Lewis, wow. yeah. He, yeah. Now, if you ever get a chance to meet <clears throat> Clyde Phillips, you'd really like him. He's a brilliant, brilliant guy. No, he's very funny. We had him on before the uh, ALCS started, uh-huh. or the AL playoffs even started. And he's a huge Red Sox fan. Uh-huh. Huge Red Sox. He's from, Bo- Bo- right. from Boston. <laughs> he, he tried to get it out. He said, "Yeah, the yes, the Sox. They're playing. Uh, they're playing the Rays. There's something about the Rays that I." Uh... And yeah. He just, he just it's like that. they drive me crazy. They. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Uh... He just couldn't come out with it. That's it was hilarious. wonderful. That's so funny. Mike, you got it. Yeah, that's uh, that's all I got. Thanks right. a lot, Tommy and Dana. Thank you, Mike. I, Thank you, sir. I feel like I've accomplished something today. Answering. I don't know about that. I've sated you. 
<laughs> I've seated you. Now, that's a very good Vincent Price word. I've seated you. I heard a great Vincent Price story yesterday. You did? On the plane. I love Vincent Price. I'm on the plane flying here yesterday. I don't want to brag. I don't want to be treated differently, but frequently I take airplanes. <laughs> Aren't you fans? And I'm sitting next to this guy, and we're talking, and, 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 and this guy says, like, I know you. And then after a while, I said, you look familiar. And I'm like, well, I'm on TV. He goes, no, that's not it. Uh, and it turns out, uh, he moved me. Uh, he moved my wife and I into our house. He has a company called The Moving Doctor. All right. And he was like, yeah, I moved you. And and he, and he knew who I was, and that's why he remembered my face. Okay. I was like, oh, yeah. So we were – and, you know, we had a long flight, and we ended up talking. And we – somehow we're talking about Vincent Price. And this uh, this gentleman uh, that I was talking to worked as a caterer. And um, he's uh, – how we used to say, a confirmed bachelor. Confirmed bachelor, <laughs> yes. Sure you know what I'm saying? And uh, he met uh, – Vincent Price, who was there with his wife, <laughs> and uh, he was married. Mm-hmm. But uh, to quote a friend of mine that also knew Vincent Price, Vinny didn't care what side of the road he drove on. <laughs> <laughs> so he meets Vincent Price. He goes, Mr. Price, pleasure to meet you. And Vincent Price like, takes his hand, and he like, has his hand, and he holds his hand, and then he has his other hand on top of his hand, that sure. kind of thing. Yes. And he goes, it's such a pleasure to meet you. It's a pleasure to meet you. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, and blah, 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 blah. And he goes, and he, the whole time Vincent Price is holding his hand. Right. Well, it doesn't let go of his hand. And he goes, I will be your waiter tonight. And he patted his hand and he went, Of course you are. <laughs> Such a weird thing to say. <laughs> of course you of are. Of course you are. Send back the wine. <laughs> <laughs> That's a wonderful voice. Did you do Vincent Price on The Simpsons? I did not do Vincent Price on The Simpsons. Dan Castellaneta did it. Oh, yeah, of course. Really? Yes, and it did an excellent job. I do do. Ha ha. Do do. Thank you. Thank you very uh, much. If you ever hear Don Knotts, it's me. I love oh, Don yeah. Knotts. If you ever hear Don Knotts, it's me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when it was uh, when he talked to Chief Wiggum through the TV. The, yeah. No one knows the stresses of the boys in blue. <laughs> Avenge me! Wait, now you're a ghost? Yeah. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, that's that's me. <laughs> you know, one of the great characters of all time, Barney Five. Early, uh, I guess it was Monday or Tuesday this week. I'm sitting around the house. I will watch Andy Griffith's show if it I comes love on. That yeah. show. I just love it. Right? And leave it to Beaver. <laughs> and Barney thought that, that that Andy was hitting on Thelma Lou. So he he yeah. called Ange? he called Andy's girlfriend, who was not um, what was it Ellie May? Not Ellie May. No. That was different. Uh, what the hell is his girlfriend? Hang on. Anybody remember? I'm gonna let you figure it out. Because it, it was <laughs> it was actually not her. It was a different girlfriend. But he thought that Cora, Thelma Lou. Cora. Thelma Lou was was uh, was Don Knotts' girlfriend. Oh, okay. yeah. Was it? Cora? It was something. Oh, uh, find it. But Barney Fife calls up Andy because he figures if, if Andy's hitting on Thelma Lou, he's going to hit on Andy's girlfriend. And he calls and he goes, Ellie, it's Barn. I'm coming over and I'm ready for action. <laughs> <laughs> Just a bro- That show is very, very funny. And to that end, and uh, I'd say this as we approach the Halloween season, uh, a, and, and Gilbert will Gilbert will agree with me. And probably have more, no more arcania about it than even I do. Uh, the ghost in Mr. Chicken. 
Ghost yes. of Mr. Chicken. Great underrated movie. movie. Great movie. Yeah, very mm-hmm. underrated movie. Are you talking about Helen Crump? Helen, Helen Crump. Crump. But it was before Helen Crump. It was not Helen. It was... Now Helen. Now Helen. <laughs> Ellie Walker. Ellie Walker. Ellie Wa- now Ellie, Ellie, you can't go out with Barn. we used to do in the writers room at the simpsons me and mark wilmore one of the writers we used to do uh mark was very funny he played the uh, black archie bunker on in living color if you remember those Mm -hmm. sketches Mm -hmm. he does a great andy griffith impression and i am not doing andy griffith i'm doing mark wilmore doing andy griffith uh, but we would do the day Martin Luther King staged a protest in Mayberry. <laughs> it's like a long, <laughs> protracted sketch. And it starts with uh, Martin Luther King refusing to leave the counter at the Tip Top Diner. Sure. <laughs> and he goes, and there's a fly in the buttermilk down at the Tip Top. We're going to get down here. <laughs> <laughs> now, and then Andy shows up. Now, Dr. King, you made your point. Everybody's real warrior cop. <laughs> Uh, we can't have any protest here in Mayberry. <laughs> Want to get rough with the man? No, we ain't going to get rough. But we ain't going to look ain't be in the eye anymore, either. <laughs> God, who was I just talking to that uh, made the point that Andy Griffith and... Oh, it was actually, it was Gilbert. Right. It was Gilbert Gottfried. He, I, I just talked to Gilbert on Monday. And he made the point that Andy Griffith and, and Francis Bouvier hated one another. Oh, I didn't know that. See, that's great. <laughs> it's very ah, funny. Great. Uh, I just... hate that old bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I can't take her in peace. I remember one time when I was 16 years old, I was dating, dating this girl. Well, not dating, I suppose. When I hung out with this 16-year-old girl. And How I, old were you? I was 16. Okay. I was 16. <laughs> oh, this, by the way, this is the same girl that I went to pick her up to go to the tip top or wherever we were going. Right. And her father answered the door. And he said, uh, so you're Tom. I said, yeah. And he goes, uh, I understand you're Roman Catholic. I said, yes. He just slowly shut the door in my face. That's fantastic. <laughs> it's like, that's a while ago. She yeah. was a uh, Missouri Synod Lutheran. Oh, and apparently that's like a thing. I don't know. It's like, <laughs> like really ca- strict. Just like Lutheran. a Catholic. They the Latin liturgy and everything. Yeah, they're God's favorites. <laughs> they're God's favorites. Yeah, I mean, look at me. He did not want his daughter going out with a Catholic. I will never forget that. Yes, because you'll take your orders from the Vatican. Yeah, yes, that's exactly right. Tonight, go under the shirt. (laughs) (laughs) Why is the Pope Irish? Why is the Pope Irish? Because I don't know an Italian accent. No, it's no. I think tonight you get to the second base. (laughs) Dad could do the Italian accent. Actually, apparently, Cheech and Chong did a wonderful Italian Pope. Apparently, Missouri Synod has two point three million members. It's very strict Lutheran, though, isn't it? Very oh, you know about? Oh, well, you're from St. Louis. You would oh, yeah, know, right. Yeah. So you'd be you would know the that. guided. There's no question about that. But uh, I do remember, <laughs> and I was probably talking myself out of uh, the fact that I wasn't going to hang out with her anymore anyway mm-hmm. because her father slammed the door. He didn't slam the door in my face. He just slowly closed it right. in my face. 
But I had a dream about her a couple of days later that we had both gotten old and she looked exactly like Frances. <laughs> so it was kind of like, hey, that's Dang. okay. Let her go. Because you look like Aunt B anyway, so what the hell. You dodged a bullet. I just love that, how you talk yourself into things later on. Like, oh, I didn't want to hang out with her anyway. Yeah. Yeah, bullshit. <laughs> that's a complete lie. She had a weird left eye. Yeah. She did. There's no question about it. I always thought that would have been the greatest response to 9-11 was if we just all got together as a country and decided to just psych out the world and just go, yeah, we didn't like those buildings anyway. <laughs> <laughs> those 3,000 people, we never liked any of them. Anymore. Yeah, they were all jerks. Yeah, the, exactly. But the world would be waiting. Like for, for, for like, then The longer we didn't do anything, the more they'd get freaked out. They're going to do something, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's you probably know? true. Then we just start subtly just doing things like just sending all the presidents of the all the other nations just like, pictures of owls <laughs> <laughs> just slowly ratchet up the mind fuck <laughs> owls do have why, that look why like. an owl you know <laughs> <laughs> i don't <laughs> oh, you, you will know yeah you'll know you'll know soon who Get does a small the graduation hat who does the commercial now with the, the female owl and the male owl? And she keeps bringing up some somebody. And the, the male owl, she talks. She has a human voice. And all he says the whole commercial is, who? It's Geico. It's a, not all, not oh, it's Geico. Owl, yeah. not, not all owls are wise. <laughs> <laughs> and he just keeps going, who? Who? Well, you know them. You know, you know so, who? It's very, you know, I don't know. Who does those commercials? Because some of them are very funny. I think it is Geico. Well, Geico does that one, but who do a writer? Do you know? I have no idea. I'm sure they have a large. Advertising, I don't know. I'm sure they have a large team of writers. Yeah. Well, probably some of it's Geico commercials. Like they're all famous. Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't know anything about advertising. It was Art Art Carney's son that did the Geico commercials there for a while. But the trust fall and all that. You remember him? That was Art Carney's kid. Oh Oh, really? Yeah, it was. It was Art Carney's. Art Carney. Art Carney. Art Carney. Oh, Gilbert's here. Now the trouble's going to start. Oh no. <laughs> oh, I didn't know he was actually coming in. Yeah. Oh, Gilbert. Yeah. We're going to we're gonna have to switch off because I have to go meet somebody. Well, you want to sit for, for five minutes. I'll sit with him for four minutes. <laughs> for a minute. I know you. I think it was great that, as I said, I had no idea you were coming. So when you walked in, it was like a nice surprise, a wonderful surprise. And uh, The last Gilbert and I, as I'll tell him when he came in. Well, you want to bring him in? Yeah. Let's, Andy, we just ask him to come in. We'll get him a... We'll get him a chair and a microphone. And Can I order pizza? Yeah, order whatever you want. For everybody? Yeah, I would. Does anybody want? I would. Oh, okay. Pizza? What? Sure. What kind? Well, yeah, Dana's got to get going. That was the only problem. Anchovies. He went to the bathroom. Yeah. Oh, he'll be back. He likes anchovies, too. Anchovies. True story, anchovies. Unless they're not... Like Good high quality, yeah. in which case they kind of ruin you like everything. The, you like the white ones in the can? Oh, the white ones. White anchovies. Oh, disgusting so anchovies. Oh. oh, nothing better. Well, I mean, it depends the on the favorite pizza topping everything. of feral cats. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, oddly enough, my cat does not like fish. Wow. But he does like chicken and, you know. Well, the cats eat nothing but meat, right? Yes. They're obligate carnivores. Obligate carnivores. Exactly. Because otherwise they don't have enough taurine in there. Are you die. going? Oh, yeah. Oh, God. You know, she goes to every... Are you going to the game on Sunday, I assume? Yes. yes I'm going to cry. Are you not going Saturday to night? cry? dad's house? Cry. Yes. Tonight. This is oh, tomorrow. Brutal, yeah. yeah that's a, oh, so. I thought when he said, are you going, he meant now. 
Oh, no. Leaving. No, Uh, going to the game tomorrow. I don't know. No, JB, you've been around athletics your entire life. Do you think that is it best for for Adrian Peterson to play? He's playing. Well, but the the child has died now. He said actually in that news thing that I found that that's his way of coping. Well, that's what athletes do. And that's what some people might think, oh, God, he can't possibly play. But athletes of that caliber, it's the best thing for them to do. do. It's the best thing they can do because it's. It's their routine. Yeah, it's, it's when you're that highly trained, yeah. you're not thinking; you're just doing because right. you know how yeah. to do it. I suppose that's so. It's a way to off, shut off your yeah, brain off and just you know. Mm-hmm. Do and he what you will do. probably be in such a zone on yeah. Sunday that yeah. I wouldn't want to mm-hmm. tackle him. Oh God, no! That's oh, what I don't envision him playing. Really? He said he's playing. He said he is playing. Jesus. Yeah, Dan said that he's going to have like the game of his life because he's so. going to be playing for baby. his son. If they have a moment of silence, which they will, I'll oh, start crying. God. I'm going to oh, cry. God. Oh, God. I'm going to be a mess. I'd cry. Oh, I'm going to be crying. He will either have a great game or he'll be a complete fumble mess. Yeah. Yeah, because if he starts thinking. Was his son's name Adrian as well? I think it was Adrian Jr. I think his son's name was Adrian, yeah. It's... The pictures? Did you see the pictures that came yes, out with him Jesus. when he was at training? I don't want to hear. I don't even want to hear about so it. Cute. To change the subject quickly, Dana, are yes. you a, are you a football fan? No, not a sports <laughs> fan at all. No. See, Andy read that, and you immediately see when you walked in and sat down. Andy, it's hilarious. You ask him about sports, he has no clue. Doesn't no. care about sports at all. But he cares about no. gex. Right. <laughs> but JB does black football pick every Friday mm-hmm. night. He will pick his NFL game of the week, and in order for him to pick the team, they either have to have a black head coach, a black quarterback, or black uniforms. Okay. That's mm-hmm. just how it is with black football. Well, people. sometimes three Navy weeks. Well, no. <laughs> the problem. Three weeks ago, he picked the Chicago Bears, who actually don't have black uniforms. No. They're very dark blue. And Don Shelby, who usually sits there, the 32-year anchor, 33-year anchor on the news, called him an Uncle Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Because they have a white quarterback, a white head coach, and very dark blue uniforms. <laughs> Good Lord. Do you have your team in mind already? Yes, I think I do. Are the Carolina Plant Panthers, are, the, are those black Panthers? Yes. Well, yeah, they the are Panthers. black Panthers. Black. Panthers what? are black. All Panthers are black? Yep. Except yes. the pink one. The pink yes, one, yes, that's exactly that's right. That's true. Okay, they don't here have comes that. trouble. Oh, no. Here comes trouble, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. How are you? <laughs> Good to see you. Gilbert, how are you? Hi. I just stopped in. I was in the building. Please do. <laughs> if you sit down right. See you later. Did you like the bathroom facilities? Yes. You, you like them a lot? Uh, Dana can only stay for a couple of minutes, but he just wanted to say hello to you. Uh, whoever that is will have I to wanted, have he told me. Back. He told me that you told him Uh-oh. that uh, Andy Griffith and Francis uh, Bavier didn't like each other. That's what I heard. I love <laughs> I that, love that. The two of them hated each other. That's the greatest. Yeah. I just, oh, if I have to do another scene with that, it <laughs> <laughs> makes me laugh so hard. And then they they did years later a TV movie uh, called Back to Mayberry or something, and um, I think they called her. I don't know if they called her in in, in either way. They still hated each other after all those years, and and they they had a scene then where Andy is standing in front of Aunt B's grave. She was still alive <laughs> at the time, and That's fabulous. Uh, That's yeah, 
And and they even had like a really bad impersonator as the voice that he remembers oh. of her. Good. Then they brush your teeth. <laughs> and, and while he's standing over the grave, it was it was as big an insult as you could do. And then he just like, they stay on him, but you just hear a zipper and water pouring. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Gilbert, do you need a set of headphones? Uh, we got it. We yeah, do have a set of headphones. Yeah, it, it hasn't. Yeah, because the whole show is off without the earphones. <laughs> well, I just on. wanted yeah. to make sure we you were coming. Cans. Yeah, <laughs> Dana. Um, when Gilbert was on on the KQ morning show on Monday, it was somehow brought up that Nancy Culp had died. She did the KQ morning show, and then oh, really? about an hour later, she died. So mm. Gilbert had to point out that every person he had talked to for the past, I believe it's. 15 years, uh, he pointed out that Amy Winehouse was on the KQ. <laughs> he goes, you know, speaking of that, Tom, the last time I talked to Freddie Prince. <laughs> it is funny. Ellen DeGeneres is starting to get very Nancy Culp-like. Yeah. Oh, yes. She's really... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know if she's taking quiet testosterone. <laughs> <laughs> She's getting very lady golfer. <laughs> That's very true. Now, you uh, two, it should be pointed out for uh, some people who maybe have not seen the film, uh, which uh, Gilbert did feature on his, uh, what was it? Is it uh, TNT, was it? Or is it Turner Classic Movies? You snuck it on there when you were, you were picking movies for the week. Oh, oh, yeah. No, I'm be, uh, later on this month. It's I later think this month. On the month. 30th, I'll be on TCM. TCM and Aristocrats will be on there. Ah, uh, well, just uh, <laughs> the classic moment. <laughs> people are studying it now. Uh, you know, before it just looked like uh, filth, but now it's, it's people study it. Film students. Sure, absolutely. There, there are special uh, narrations by Scorsese. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. Now, you two, I, I think we're probably the two biggest stars in it. Oh, I would I would say Gilbert uh, and everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> Gilbert and everyone else. Although I did, I was very quickly. I was I was in a grocery store with my daughter, my oldest daughter, who was then about two years old, and uh, this guy goes, "Hey, hey, you're you're in the Aristocrats." And I go, "Yes, I am. I am." He goes, "Oh, I, we just watched that. That was amazing." I like, oh, thank you. You're very nice. Thank you. And he goes, honey, honey, this is the guy from the movie that we, we watched. And this woman turns to me and she goes, I didn't care for it. <laughs> <laughs> and I literally said, I'm not lying. I was like, I said, I'm with a child. <laughs> Don't attack me. I'm with a baby. I didn't care for it. I thought I loved Gilbert. I, I, here's my favorite part: Gilbert's part, Rob Schneider trying and failing to upstage Gilbert during Gilbert's part by fake over laughing. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and George Carlin's part. <laughs> Rob, 
desperately, literally rolls around on the chair because he didn't have the balls to just shout, look at me. <laughs> And, and Carlin, when he started to talk about, I like to do a lot of shit, but I like to have it viscous. <laughs> I like it to be liquidy. <laughs> it all works. So beautiful. This is one of the great crossovers in the history of uh, digital radio. I'll tell you that. Dana Gould and, uh, and Gilbert Gottfried. I mean, my God. Of all the comedians that are in town this weekend. Yes. <laughs> Gilbert and I are the, uh, are the only ones that can talk about Dwight Fry at length. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it all started yesterday. Tim Young, is he's at the House of Comedy. I don't know. if you guys know Tim Young? I, I don't, uh, no. but that doesn't you know. mean anything bad. Yeah. No, no, not at all. But he... Uh, for some reason, I don't know, but he walked in the room and he, he looked at me, and he had this look of terror on his face. I mean, I, when he remember when he walked in yeah. the room, he just had this look of terror, and he somehow thought that twenty years ago, I told him to go fuck himself or something, and he said it was the worst radio interview I ever did, and I I said what. It wasn't me. <laughs> he goes, it was on the KQR's morning show. I said, I don't care. I wasn't there. It wasn't me, because he said the guy said to him that he started the interview with. So what kind of comedy do you do? Oh. It's not something that I'm going to say now. No. <laughs> it's not my kind of deal. But so my week has been rather interesting. You know, uh, a lot of comics, like Craig Ferguson is in town uh, this weekend. And, I mean, you got a lot of people in town this weekend. Where's Craig Ferguson? He's at Let's Mystic... plug the other comics. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> no. You guys are all sold He's out. certainly anyway. not at Acme where I am, yeah. or where Gilbert is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, no, I, it's... Uh, it's an interesting. But Craig makes the audience watch him the way he is on TV. They are actually above him with a fisheye lens. Oh yeah, they have to watch him the way he does it. <laughs> does he bring the robot with him? Oh, good lord! I uh, see. I never... Oh, before I forget. Yes, sir. Uh, uh, what what's his name? Um, uh, Lindsay, uh, who played Goober. Oh, George, George Lindsay. Lindsay. George, George, George Lindsay. Lindsay. George Lindsay. I heard that George Lindsay, if he's alive now, I don't think he is. I don't is. think he is. No. Let's that, hope not. Yeah. <laughs> George <laughs> Lindsay, till his dying day, was sorry that he didn't play Goober. Uh, no, Gomer. 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 He wanted, he wanted Gomer. to spin He off? wanted to play Gomer as opposed to Gomer. <laughs> that's not they, true. Uh, no, I read that somewhere. That's that's true. That, that he wanted was to play the Gomer. great role. He missed that one. <laughs> that, he, that they gave him Goober instead of. Yeah. I such a, I, the other day I was in a record store and I found his his album Goober Sings and I. <laughs> but Jim again, Jim Neighbors was the famous singer. He was yes. a singer, but he sang in that crazy basso profundo. Like, and, and it was that kind of singing where. If you really listen to it, you'd go, he's not a good singer. No, no. no. <laughs> but no, it, when he goes from that to all of a sudden, you know, and he does a deep voice, you go, oh, my God, it's brilliant. <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a dancing bear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No <laughs> dancing bear is a good dancer. Yeah. <laughs> It's a bear, and it's dancing. And there was another one like that around that same time. And that was Frank Fontaine. Frankie oh, Fontaine. Yeah. yeah. Now, Jackie do you know Drew Friedman? Oh, yes, okay. yes. I, 
I, we were talking about this very recently. <laughs> that Frankie Fontaine could not do his act today. Oh, well, because he's, he's a drunk and, and he's right. retarded. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's, there's no way you can do that. <laughs> you go, well, what's your act, Mr. Fontaine? <laughs> what the hell are you doing? <laughs> I think his the character he did had AIDS. Don't give us the hymn again, Songbird. <laughs> 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 He was made of AIDS. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That was his song album, Made of AIDS. (laughs) Greatest hits. Greatest hits, Made of AIDS by Frankie Fontaine. It became famous because Sinatra covered one song. (laughs) Made of AIDS. High of AIDS, Joe. You're going to tell us about your age song, Bird? Hey, Sam, Joe. <laughs> that was Wee Little T-Cell. That's the name of that song. <laughs> Wee Little T-Cell. Oh, man. Oh, God. <laughs> Why didn't you sing it for us, Crazy? <laughs> crazy Guggenheim. <laughs> Wee Little T-Cell in my blood. Oh, so good. <laughs> Crazy Guggen. Crazy Guggen, I couldn't do Crazy Guggen. No. No, you probably couldn't even do Foster Brooks anymore. <laughs> and he wasn't even as... No, Foster Brooks. I don't think you could do Foster Brooks either. Probably um, not. That's so funny. Jack, the Jackie Gleason show. It was Joe, he was Joe the bartender. Right, Jackie was. Right, and he was... And then Crazy Guggen. <laughs> didn't he call him Songbird, too? At Songbird. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, song <laughs> sing us a song, Songbird. <laughs> Sing us a song, song, right? There's all these things you just, there's no way you could do them nowadays. <laughs> Frankie Fontaine would be out of a job. Do the, do the impression just one more time, if you would, Dana, because... He daily! <laughs> it was just a spaz, you know? But it's like, I don't even know, like, how... I mean, he was a normal... Well, you know, he who it's the same as... Um, he was like getting so down to the nuclear rods of comedy. Uh, he was like he was like Doodles Weaver. It's like, oh yes, Doodles yes. Weaver. Like, yeah, Doodles. If I could, if I could call him. That. Yes. <laughs> well, you knew him. Was, was an adult. He was, he was an adult man, and, and uh, you know, adult guy. And he says, you know, I think you know what I think I'm going to do for a living is uh, I'm just going to put on a crazy suit. <laughs> really? You know, it's like, I gotta put food on the table. I don't know what else to do. I, I have a job offer. I have a job offer at Rand Corporation, but I think I'm gonna go with the retarded guy in a crazy suit. It was bizarre though. And Doodles because... uh, committed suicide too. Right, yes. I even I love the, 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 the. Yeah, he he shot himself. The timeless combination of fake spaz and it, tragedy. Because one day he woke up and said, "Oh shit, I'm Doodles Weaver." <laughs> Then there's no alternative. There's nowhere to go. That's true. Speaking of suicide. Yes. I heard today that Ariel Castro might have died from autoerotic asphyxiation, not suicide. Right. 
Because they found that his oh. pants, but they, they left out the fact that when they found him, his pants were off. <laughs> oh, well, like that's. I'm just gonna take my balls out and kill myself. <laughs> yeah. Get a little air out the nuts and yeah. Because I did think, like, there's a guy who can dish it out and can't take it. Exactly. Yes. You know, you keep people imprisoned for ten years, you can go four days. Oh yeah. <laughs> Well, that's a good point. Now, this leads us to uh, to actor Albert Decker. Oh, yes. Yes. Dr. Cyclops. Yes. Albert Decker, mm-hmm. he died. Uh, they found him hanging in his bathroom naked, uh, uh, handcuffed and gagged. I'm not sure about the handcuff, maybe, but he was gagged. <laughs> and he had obscene drawings and words all over his body written in lipstick and needles in both arms. And they, the police examined this and ruled it as a suicide. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. It was the, I think it's the, the most deranged death in, yeah. in showbiz history. Yeah, well, that's like, well, he was so depressed. I guess <laughs> the strain of selling drugs in an area where the mafia was also selling drugs had got to them. <laughs> he decided to tie himself to a chair and shoot himself seven times in the back. <laughs> um, not a suicide, but a great story. Spencer Tracy... Uh, when he would go, like he would time his drinking binges, right? And he would like get like a suitcase full of vodka and check into a hotel in New York, strip down, get in the tub, and just drink for like a <laughs> like a five day bender. <laughs> and he would be in the tub because he would just piss when he would have to piss. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was Montgomery Clift. That was his deal too, wasn't it? Might be. I know Spencer Tracy liked. Montgomery Cliff liked to have Spencer Tracy piss on him during his <laughs> Spencer Tracy <laughs> Which brings us to James Dean, the human ashtray. Oh, yes. Oh, there you go. Who uh, was friends with Vampira, who I knew, and I have a photo of her with Doodles Weaver. <laughs> the universe is now complete. Show business is now over. Now, I heard... Cesar Romero. Yes. <laughs> the Joker. I'm listening. Who, shockingly, years later, we found that was gay. No. <laughs> and, uh, that C- uh, Cesar Romero. And it was, it was revealed in his biography, A Tsunami of Dicks. <laughs> <laughs> Great title. Great title. <laughs> no, that was actually George DeKai. <laughs> Tom here for Shift Real Estate. Last year, about this time when we were making plans for Key West, I met the folks from Shift Real Estate. And when I heard the Shift story, it made sense to me. 
It made sense to my kids, and it makes sense to pretty much everybody that's heard about them. Shift Real Estate saves home sellers thousands of dollars on real estate fees. How do they do it? Shift lists for a flat fee of $5,000. You work with a full-time salaried agent. They take professional photos and videos of your home, list it on the MLS, and market your home online, all for a $5,000 flat fee. Call Shift Real Estate and tell them about your home. Tell them that you heard me talking about it, and they will tell you how you can save $10,000 or more when you list with Shift. It's the common sense way to sell your home. Visit Shift2Sell.com. That's Shift, the number two, Sell.com. Because life is expensive enough. And we are back with Stretch's Picks. You know, Tom, uh, there's a lot of analysis that goes into these picks. Yeah. And uh, I highly recommend betting, of course. I always recommend betting. Yeah, absolutely. So who's winning this thing? The kitties, the pack, the bears, or the purple? None of the above. Those are all the teams in the division. I know that. Well, who's your pick? I'm going with Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. What? It's not a football team. I know, but it's a hell of an HVAC company. They do the most thorough system tune-up in the industry. Sabre is one of the largest Bryant dealers in the state, which means you save. Yep, I'm going with Sabre, Sabre and Bryant, doing whatever it takes to keep you comfortable. It's also the smartest time to call and schedule your furnace tune-up with Sabre. Get the most thorough tune-up in the industry from the people who keep my home comfortable. Oh, uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit SabreHeating.com. Tom here for Continuum Weight and Well-Being. If you were like me and constantly finding yourself in weight loss mode, I have great news. Continuum is here. It's new and they're doing it differently. There are no meal replacements or foods you're required to purchase. They specialize in customizing meal plans for you using all whole nutritious foods. They don't just focus on weight loss. They are upfront with their pricing. And most importantly, Continuum is designed for long-term success. Schedule a free consultation. Find out more today. Simply go to their website, Continuum Weight weightwellbeing.com or call or text them at 952-491-6527 and catch the Continuum team on my podcast on Thursdays, 11.15 a.m. I've learned so much from them, and I know you will too. Continuum Weight and Wellbeing Life Beyond Weight Loss Mode. Tsunami of dicks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Cesar Romero. Cesar Romero. Romero. So, Cesar Romero. Romero used to like to, <laughs> okay. to pull it back. <laughs> he used to like to pull his pants and underwear down. <laughs> <laughs> and and have these young guys who he hired or just like doing it. <laughs> this is throw, right. throw like um oranges at his ass. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> and, and, 
something you're into. <laughs> How do you figure that out? <laughs> like just one day you're going, hey, I'd like to have an orange thrown up my ass. The, the, first, the first Batman must have been interested between Cesar Romero and Adam West. Adam West. Vincent uh, so. Price. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you know, Caesar, you really should have them pelt your ass with oranges. <laughs> And uh, Frank, Frank Gorshin <laughs> as the, the as the Riddler. Frank Gorshin, I had a I had the weirdest dinner of my <laughs> career. I was with my friend Rob Cohen. We were at Dan Tanna's in Beverly Hills, and Conan O'Brien was there, and we know Conan, so we're sitting with Conan O'Brien, and we're having dinner, and then. Frank Gorshin comes in with his agent, this guy Fred Westerbrook, who represents like Adam West and Frank Gorshin and and like all the autograph show crew. Oh, okay. Uh, Tracy Lords, that that group. So <clears throat> we're all me and Frank Gorshin, and and then this old guy that's just sitting at this other table comes over and just goes, Frank. He goes, Yeah. I think I goes, Glenn Larson. Who, like, produced, like, Rockford Files and all this oh, stuff. Like, and, so, and it was just this crazy multi-generational group. And we're, we're just talking, and I said to Frank Gorshin, his heart, and literally he had to get up every three minutes to smoke. Yes. Like, he oh, had to get yeah. smoke. And I said, um, he was the John Cougar Mellencamp of his day. <laughs> Frank Cougar Gorshin for a long time. But I said to him, I said... You know, I, I have to tell you, Mr. Gorsh, that like uh, when I was a kid watching Batman, you were the only villain that I was afraid of. Like I actually thought that you might actually hurt Batman. And he's like, "Well, I'm an actor." <laughs> <laughs> Go fuck myself. What? <laughs> Just trying to be nice. <laughs> we had him in studio that one time. Right, Gorsh. Yeah. Yes, and the man changed. You yeah. know, in Minnesota, there's no smoking indoors. The man chain smoked the whole time he was on. He did. Yeah, yeah. He so, did indeed. Like John Schwartzwelder, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, John. John can't not smoke. Huh? Right. Yeah. So oh, I, as, as an actor, he studied with Lee Strasberg, <laughs> and that's how he developed that. Hey, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Takes a lot of ability. But he felt it. Yes. <laughs> People forget that Cliff Robertson was also a villain on Batman. He was Shane. Oh. I didn't remember that. Yeah. Yes. I just remember the line of dialogue, just like a photo in my mind of Shane had to get, they figured out that the way Shane always wins is that he gets his opponents angry and they lose their cool. And so Shane was trying to get Batman angry and Batman was ready for it. And I just remember, I just, I don't know why this is in my mind, but it goes, Hey, Batman, your mother wears army boots. Batman goes, yes. As I recall, she found them quite comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't let Shane. He wouldn't let Shane get to him. <laughs> Adam West is a great, great dude. He's unbelievable. He's such a great guy. And he's just a laid-back guy, too. I mean, he just really is in real life, just laid back. Mm-hmm. He knows he's he knows he's Adam West. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's I mean, a big hurdle. <laughs> now, as an example, Gilbert, we've had Adam West on, and he's still alive. Oh, that's right. He, he broke the. The day is young. <laughs> <laughs> the day is still but young. All, everyone who ever played a villain on that Batman yeah. has been I, on your show. I love <laughs> my favorite. They're all dead. My favorite one was on the Tom Bernard show. 
George Reeves. <laughs> 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 shot we have Salminio via satellite. <laughs> and a young kid from a new show called Glee. <laughs> Corey Monty. <laughs> when, when Adam West was on The Simpsons, it was right when uh, Burt Ward had written that book, Back to the Bat Cave, where I guess he told some was talking out oh, of school. Oh, that there was constantly orgies yeah. going on. Oh, really? And, and Adam West goes... <clears throat> You know, I have to say, the hubris in writing that book, the hubris. <laughs> <laughs> he was, but he was so great. We said at one point, we said uh, it was a flashback, like when Krusty was a villain on Batman and Adam yeah. voiced Batman, and we said, uh, Adam, we just need you to do some wild groans and grunts, like you're str- you're struggling in vain. And he went. We didn't give it to him. He did it. Yeah. He just went okay. And he goes, struggling in vain. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) Thank you very much. Wow. That was a beautiful beautiful moment. And then I heard that Adam West, according to the story I heard, it had... If it's not true, it, it's true. <laughs> it's one of those. That Adam West and Frank Gorshin once went to an orgy together. And during the orgy, they were at first they were self-conscious. And then they were getting into it and getting more and more drunk. And they started to do Batman and the Riddler. I believe that yeah. 1,000%. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you for, and it's because you forget these guys are a friend. Like they just go hang out. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know they're just Frank. Let's let's get some steaks and maybe go to an orgy. <laughs> it was the sixties. It was L.A. Can you imagine we were friends with Bob Crane? Oh, oh God, <laughs> where all the orgies were. You know, he's the only one that was found with his head in the toilet after he was on the Tom Bernard show. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to point that out. He didn't even have to kill himself. Somebody yeah. else did it for him. That was like when when I saw the movie Autofocus, and there was that scene wow. where he's having a fantasy where he's talking to Clink, and the guy playing Clink is feeling up this woman's breasts while they're talking into <laughs> Bob Crane boner induced fever dream. And it was one of the, I had this, it was written. <clears throat> I was like, I'm sitting there going, I cannot believe I'm in a movie theater watching a movie about Bob Crane's sexual fantasies <laughs> where a guy who's dressed like Link is feeling up a woman. <laughs> I was like, what is, how did this stuff that only I thought was funny become a movie? <laughs> you know what I love, Gilbert, is Dana had to go like a half an hour ago. I know, but it's hard to pry myself away. I can understand. That's the great part about it. You see, you sit in there. It's just, it's wonderful Who to watch. Who can you riff about high Averback with? <laughs> It's amazing. You'd be surprised. <laughs> it's not just me and Pendulette. Yeah, if you just ask people. They... <laughs> it's like Jesus. He's, he's just waiting for you to recognize him. You don't have to go looking. People who think High Everback is funny, they're in your heart. Ron Palillo, another very famous oh, guest. Oh, Ron. Of the show. Yes, it, you know, he had the nose job. He looks. 
Uh, now he's so he's not Anthony Weiner. He's, he's a different he's person. He's dead, actually. Right. So well, I I loved when he died, and they did my favorite. Stop part. there! I yes. loved when he died. I loved when he died. <laughs> I loved when Ron Polillo died. Uh, certain things make me smile. Puppies. <laughs> <laughs> a, a walk on a summer day yeah. and the death of Ron <laughs> We'll be right back. <laughs> uh, so you love when he dies? So when he dies. <laughs> and my favorite part of award shows is the in, in remembrance. Right. What do they call? In award show jargon, memoriam, the necronomy package. Oh, excellent! I know it couldn't be better. Yeah. So with Ron Palillo and Robert Hedges died the same year. Yeah. So they just showed one clip. Yeah, they saved time. They just had one clip from Welcome Back, Carter, and they said, okay. (laughs) That's right. When Ernest Borgnine died, they were all thinking, if Tim Conway is going to die, this is the year. (laughs) Get a lock him in. Lock him in. That would be so great. (laughs) Who was the kid that that died on Glee? What's his name? Corey Monty. Corey Monty died, and they did a special extra super super power necronomy salute to him at the (laughs) Emmys. And Jack Klugman's daughter got pissed off. Oh, yes. Because he did a lot more, which is inarguable, or whatever the word is. But it's just like, like, hey, my father's more dead than he is. (laughs) That's going to do it. We'll talk to you on Monday with the family.